grab your handout this morning and grab something to write with. The, the, the message today is going to be a little different than what we normally do here at Eastside because it's Vision Sunday. It's the first Sunday of the year, and I almost always take a, a time on the first Sunday of the year to remind us of what our vision is. I always need to be reminded of what this is as well. So this is just as good or maybe more important for me as it is for all of the rest of us. And so I want you to take some notes. We didn't give you any notes. I gave the, the whole staff takes the, the week off. We push really hard moving into uh, Christmas Eve. And so we give everybody the week off leading up to uh, between Christmas and New Year's. So you, you have, this is, this is an open blank page for you to take notes on. I encourage you to take notes. I want you to write down this, at least the scripture references and I want you to write down some other key things that I'm going to share with you. And the first one of those scriptures that I want to share with you is Proverbs 29:18. So while you're turning there, let me tell you a couple other things that are important for you to also fill out. In front of you, in the seat back in front of you, you have a connection card. And on the back of that connection card is a, is a way for you to fill out a prayer request. I'd like for everybody to pull out a connection card today and fill that out because many of you change your information, your cell phone numbers, your address, your email, whatever it might be, and, and it's important that we keep our database up to date and we know how to best and most effectively communicate back and forth. So please fill that out and take that along with your offering, and if you need to turn around, you can see this is something new we've just started over the last few months. We've put offering boxes on the walls at the back of the room. So you see those? Uh, you can just turn around and see the offering boxes at the back. You can drop your, uh, your connection card, your prayer card, your offering as you leave today. You can drop those in those boxes as you leave. So that's, that's the way we do that now at Eastside instead of passing the, the bucket every week. Um, so fill those out and let us know how we can continue to communicate effectively with each one of you. There are ways you can sign up a different uh, email lists. Let us know which ones you want to be on, which ones you don't, and, and that way it'll be uh, helpful for all of us to stay better connected. In Proverbs 29:18, hopefully you've turned there in your Bibles or you can read it on the screen here in front. It says, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. Other, other translations say the people perish. But happy is he who keeps the law. Let me explain what the proverb is talking about. The proverbs are full of God's wisdom and God's ways. This is a way for us to, 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 be, to align our life with God's ways. He's saying, when you align your life with my vision for your life, you'll stay on the right track. When you don't, where there is no vision, where you're not aligning your life with the vision God has for you, your life will be unrestrained, and it'll end up being really, really messy. Life's messy anyway, isn't it? But it gets way more messy, and, and we deal with the consequences of having our lives unaligned with God's will for our lives. He, says, he goes on to say, happy is the one who keeps the law. Those, those ones who follow God's commands, God's instruction, God's will, and God's ways, those, those people experience blessing. They experience happiness and the joy of following the Lord. So it's important periodically for us to refocus on what God's vision is for us individually and as a church. And that's what I want to do in the next few minutes together. Let me tell you, for those of you who are new, uh, who are part of Eastside, we're, we're very glad you're here. We're very glad you're now a part of Eastside. But you may not be familiar with your story. The story of Eastside, I won't, I won't have time to go into all the details, but we started the church in 1993. We started in Gary and Sherry Valdez's living room on the west side of town. That's where we were all living. We knew God wanted us to start a church on the east side of town. And so we started there in their living room. And a lot of people would say to us, 
uh, you know, why do we need another church? In fact, I had done a study at the time. There were over 400 churches in the city of Wichita in 1993, 400 Christian churches. And so a lot of people were asking, well, why, why do you think you need to start another church? Don't we have enough already, you know? And but what I needed to remind them then and what I need to remind me and everyone else now is that at that time, there were about 30% of the population of Wichita in the greater Wichita area attended a church in 1993. About 30% attended a church, and would, would, which would indicate that they were followers of Jesus, right? Which means 70% were not attending a church anywhere. And if everyone, if 500,000 people tried to go to church, there literally wouldn't be enough room for everyone in all of the churches on a Sunday morning, currently. And today, the percentage, unfortunately, is actually less than 30%. So what that means is, and I'm being very conservative, it's way less than 30% that attend church on a regular basis in the city of Wichita. And what that also means, again, very conservative number, it means that over 350,000 people in this city never attend church. Never which, again, would indicate that they are not following God. Now, they may know about God. Almost everybody knows about God. Almost everybody knows about Jesus. But, but many people don't know him. A lot of people don't know him. You, you realize what that means, friends? That means that if today, if Jesus comes back today, in this town of ours, where we live, Way more than 350,000 people in our city who don't know God. They know about Him. They don't know Him. We'll spend eternity apart from Him. I think that's a pretty serious issue, don't you? In fact, I think not only do we need to start... This church, I think we need to keep starting more churches, which we've continued to be a part of. We're investing a lot of money in helping other churches get started in this city so that the people in this city will come to know Jesus and spend eternity with him. Experience the blessing you, it, that it is that means to have God in your life on a daily basis. Again, uh, I could go into that for hours, but it's very important that we have a have healthy churches, and that we understand that we're all on the same team. I'll talk more about that in a little bit. God has provided along the way. God has provided a way for us, and again, won't go into the story. You need to, if you're new at Eastside, you need to go to Catch the Vision class. The next time we do a Catch the Vision class, sign up for that, go to that, I'll tell the, the whole story. God provided, the short version of the story is God provided a way for us to buy land and sell it and then buy this piece of property and build this building completely debt-free. That's what God does. God provides for what God wants to happen. Right? So that's it's a very exciting story that is now your story. See, it's really, it's really it's God's story, isn't it? God's, it's God's story, and he's invited us to be a part of it. Therefore, it's now our story, but it's only our story because we're a part of God's story. And God has seen fit to write you and me into this particular chapter in the story that he's writing. That's why it's called history. It's his story story. So we're a part of God's story. Now it's our story because we're, we're a part of it. We know him and we're following him through it. I could tell you, I could, we could go, this, this message I told the uh, service earlier, nine o'clock, this message could be a four-hour message easily. 
there's that much to share with you. There's just so many things I'd love to tell you about. The, the lives God has changed over the years. You've seen John and Barb Moyer stand here. John and Barb started attending Eastside about 20 years ago. They started attending when we were at Coleman Middle School. They hadn't been attending a church. They, they started coming. They rededicated their lives to Christ and slowly and surely began to get more and more involved in the life of Eastside. Until finally we hired them to be on staff here. And this has been their ministry. The ministry of keeping this building in a like new condition over the last 10 years. It's been a very important ministry, and they've ministered to all of us. Thousands of people have been ministered to through the lives of John and Barb Moyer by the, way, by the way they serve the Lord. Behind the scenes, nobody want, they don't want any attention, but that's, that's who they've been. That's what, the that's way what God has changed their lives, and because he's changed their lives, he's changed all of our lives. I can tell you the story about uh, Dave and Candy Stables who came to Eastside a few years ago, not long uh, after we moved into this building, maybe a year or so after we moved into the building. It may have been longer than that. I lose track of time. I'm getting old, too. And Dave and Candy came on an Easter Sunday. And I made a comment that I don't even remember making. They reminded me later that I said this. They said, I said, you know, some of you are only here on, on Christmas and Easter, so, um, and I don't even know what else I said about that. And God used that statement in their lives to sort of bring some, uh, a quickening to make them realize he wants them with him all the time. And from that Sunday forward, they dedicated their lives to the Lord. And they have been here every single Sunday other than, now Dave, is, over the last several months, Dave's health, he has diabetes and he's, his health has really declined. But we've seen God do miracles. Dave should have been on dialysis years before he started on dialysis. We've seen God do amazing things in their lives. And I guarantee you, they're not here this morning, but they're home praying. And they'll listen to the podcast. And they're a part of this community, a very important part of this community. God has changed their life in a significant way. And they won't, they'll tell their kids. They've had their kids come to Christ and people they know. They'll tell everybody they know about it. Because it's been such a significant impact on their lives. I could go on and on and on. Telling you story after story after story of, of lives that have been changed the way God has, has provided for uh, life change here at Eastside. This last year has been full of lots of blessing. We kicked off the last year, as we reflect a little bit on 2015, we kicked off the last year with a, a message series called The Blessed Life. Many of you were here for that. And you ex we've experienced the teaching about what, how important it is to put God first in our life, in every part of our lives, in our time, in our marriages, in our relationships, in our family, in our finances, in every way to put God first. By the way, if you're making a New Year's resolution, let me suggest that one for you. That you just resolve this year that in every moment of every day, you put God first. And when you do that, His promise in His Word is that He will honor that and bless us because we, it keeps our life aligned with His will. When we put him first, that's why we do what we do here, is to help people remember how important that is. I was going to show you this chair when I was talking about what we used to do when we started this church. Um, this is the chair we used to gather around in the Valdez living room every week because we wanted every life we know. We want the 350,000 people plus in this city and beyond to be in a 
living, growing relationship with Jesus Christ. So we gathered around this chair. This is the chair. And we gathered around this chair every, at the end of every meeting, every week, and we prayed. And when we prayed, we prayed for you. Because we prayed for every single person and every single life that would be touched as a result of this ministry in this body of Christ. So God had you on his mind when we prayed for you before we ever launched this church. And that's the way God works. God changes lives. He's changed all of our lives in amazing ways. Again, over the last year, we did the Blessed Life series. As I was reflecting just on some of the highlights of the last year, it's just been amazing to see what God has done. We've been able to add staff and um, some, some really key vital areas, and I'll share more of that in a little bit, about how God is going to use those resources to help us accomplish the vision and mission He's called us to accomplish. Um, we've, we've added a lot of people. In fact, before I tell you about the, the people we've added over the last year, I'll tell you that uh, it's been an unusual year in this past year, and that we've had over 75, it's been actually more than that. I counted up yesterday, more than 75 people who moved away to, to take other jobs from this city, who moved away from Eastside. And, but God has brought many of you. Many of you have come over the last year. And so we actually have more people attending Eastside now than we did this time last year after 75-plus people moved away, moved out of the city. And so God is doing an amazing thing uh, in, in our midst. So if you're here now and you're here and you're new, you picked a really good time to come and be a part of Eastside. Uh, you could have come during the hard days. Where were you then when we needed you 22 years ago? But I'm so glad you're here now. And I'm glad you're here to experience the blessing of God that he's pouring out in our midst. Um, incredible things that God has done and is doing. Uh, we've developed a uh, just a growing, fun relationship with Gateway Church in Dallas through the Blessed Life series, and they've invited us. You realize that this is one of the ways God's prov providing for us. They have now invited us to come to training several times a year, and they're paying for all of it. All we have to do is drive there and pay for our lodging, and they're paying for all the trades. Tens of thousands of dollars worth of training. If we had to pay for it, that's what it would cost us. So all of our new staff, we've already been sending our new staff to be trained by some one of the best places in the country that's doing ministry in one of the most effective ways. And God has opened that door for us to just receive resources. See, we've been learning to be more and more generous, and God is being more and more generous with us. It's just amazing. I wish I had the time to tell you all the details of that. It's just incredible. Um, freedom ministry. Uh, it's, it's one of those ministries that I've been wanting to have in place for a long time. It's a ministry that will help all of us experience greater levels of freedom. Getting rid of some of the unforgiveness issues, some of the bitterness issues, or whatever the issues might be. The writer of Hebrews tells us in Hebrews 11, or in Hebrews 12, get rid of the chains that so easily entangle you and keep you from running the race that's set before you. We're going to be able to help you not only experience that, but you'll be equipped to help other people experience the same thing. I'm telling you, friends. By the way, this message is a lot more exciting than some of you look like it is. It's, 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 it's incredibly exciting what God is doing right now in our midst. It is. It's incredible. Um, 
So in the year to come, let me give you the passage of Scripture that God's really been placing on my heart. And if you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, turn to Galatians chapter 5 with me. And I want to take a look at Galatians 5. I want to encourage you, write this on your, in your notes, write, just, just write Galatians chapter 5, and go home and read all of it. Read all of it. Study all of it. This is Galatians 5.1. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery. All this stuff that, that keeps dragging us back, that keeps, that keeps us from making progress. God wants to set us free from all of those things that keep us from making progress in our spiritual lives, in our relationships, in our marriages, in our families, in our finances, in our life in general, all, all over the place. God wants to set us free from that so that we, we're no longer encumbered by the stuff that we keep wrestling with. And I've been looking for those resources for a long time. We have those resources to, to, to help you experience that and, and to equip you to help other people experience it as well. Another thing, again, I'm hitting the highlights quickly. Another thing that I'm really excited about that's happened over this last year is, is God gave me a, a word to share with a lot of my colleagues around the city. Uh, some of the other pastors in town, some of the other churches in town, we've been gathering together for prayer. And the, and the message was very simple. It was, the, it was this, it's something we all know, but we rarely think about. And that is, there is one church. There's one church. Of, among those who follow Jesus, there is one church that meets in a lot of different locations. Just like we're all one family, we, we live in different locations. There's one church. In this city, there is one church. One. And we need to gather together in prayer and Ask God to work in us and through us to rescue and redeem this city for his sake. You agree with that? Everybody agree with that so far? There is one, and that's what we're called to do. Now, it's happening. Because I've been inviting pastors to gather together. And then other groups have been doing the same thing. And then last fall, a bunch of us gathered together. Seventy of us gathered together on a, on a Thursday night in downtown Wichita and prayed. And by the way, in, on January 14th, you may want to put this on your calendar, if you're a prayer, person of prayer, if you're an intercessor and you want to be a part of this, on January 14th, we're going to gather again. We've invited a lot more people this time to gather on January 14th at First Baptist Church, downtown Wichita, the center of the city, at 7 o'clock, and we're going to, going to pray. We're just going to pray, because here's what I know. Every single time, as I look at history, every single time there's been a major move of God and God has swept across a landscape with his, the power of His Spirit and revival, it's been preceded by God's people being on their knees in prayer. That's what I know. Even, even when the Holy Spirit came in Acts chapter 2, at Pentecost, in Jerusalem, Jesus told His followers to go, in the 120, to go stay in the upper room and fast and pray. And then the Holy Spirit came. So that's what we're going to do. If you want to be a part of it, I invite you to be a part of it. Some of the, that's some of the highlights of this last year. And, um, and that's, what's, that's what's happening. In Galatians 5, verses 22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. It's, it's two of those verses pulled out of the very important letter Paul wrote to the church in Galatia, which was a region of, of a group of churches Paul was writing to in the region of Galatia. 
And here we see the, the, the results of having the Spirit of God living in us. We see the result of what a life looks like when, for example, when my will and your will is in alignment with the will of God and His Spirit is leading our life, the result looks like this. Love, joy, peace, patience. See, too often I think we look at this list and, and think that that's a, that's a list of behaviors we're to aspire to try to achieve. It isn't. Those are the characteristics of the Holy Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's a result of having the Holy Spirit live in us. That's what God wants to see in all of us, are those results of having Him lead our lives and empower us to live that way. At the end of the chapter, Galatians chapter 5, chapter 5 verse 25 says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. So again, study that passage of Scripture, and we'll spend more time on it in the coming weeks and months. Romans, another verse I want, to, want you to write down and study later is Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 7. Paul again writing to the church in Rome. This is very important for us to understand and live into. Another passage is John chapter 15. Jesus says, if you abide in me, you'll bear much fruit. I'm the vine, you're the branches. We can't bear, branches don't bear fruit on their own, do they? Any, any botanists, horticulturalists here? Branches don't bear fruit on their own. Apart from the vine, they can bear no fruit. That's why it's so important for us to abide in the vine, Jesus, and have his power, his life, his spirit flowing through us. Okay, so that's the passage of Scripture and the theme for our year. Here's here's the plan for the year, uh, both in outreach and in uh, the area of equipping and discipleship. Our outreach plan for the year is this. We're going to pray. We're going to start on the 11th doing fasting and prayer. Every year we do this at the beginning of the year. And here's what, the way we do this fast in case you're not familiar with it. I encourage you to participate in this time. It's 21 days of fasting and prayer. And you can fast one day a week. You can fast one meal a week. You can decide I'm not going to drink soft drinks for 20, whatever it might be for you. But the idea is not so much the details or the specifics or the strategy. The idea is spend that time with God. Set apart time to spend that time with God. In my case, it'll be at least one meal a week and probably some other food items. I'm going to spend that time, a couple hours, in prayer with God. I'm going to, as Jesus said, I'm going I'm to experience the, the word of God as the food of my soul. And I'm going to focus on him and listen to what he has to say. So that 21-day period from January 11th through the end of the month, uh, 21 days in fasting and prayer, I encourage you to participate. And that's one of the primary uh, uh, strategies for our outreach and evangelism for 21 to 2016. Um, I'm going to do some key message series. I want you to know when they are so that you can be praying about that and inviting your friends to come. And just leading up to Easter, Easter is the last Sunday of March this year, so all through the month of March, I'm going to do a message series uh, specifically oriented toward people who don't yet know Jesus. 
So I want to encourage you to invite people to come during that time. Uh, also during the month of August is a time when people think about going back to church. And so during that month, we're going to do a message series. Also in the month of December leading up to Christmas Eve. So all of those times will be times when I want you to be praying and bringing people. You can bring people all of the time, but especially during those times. Those will be key focus times for message series for people who don't know Jesus. Uh, we're also going to do some key events. Uh, we're in the process of contracting with uh, a very well-known Christian comedian who does an incredible job of communicating the gospel. And we're going to hopefully bring him in in April. And we want to fill this place up on Saturday afternoon and Saturday evening. We want to fill it twice if we can. And uh, we're going to invite as many people as we can to come and experience that really fun time and uh, experience the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ during, during that time together. Uh, a lot of things going on as far as outreach is concerned. Now, here I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write some notes. I want to encourage you to write this down in your notes that you have and, and follow along. Because here's, here's where we're all involved. We're all involved in outreach too, right? Right? We're all involved in that too. But this is, this is where as, as someone becomes a follower of Christ, remember there are over 350,000 people in this city who are not yet following Jesus. So as, as those people become followers of Christ, they begin to worship. This is the six characteristics of fully devoted followers. They begin to worship God. And I want to encourage you to do that daily and every week on Sunday. So here's what, what I want you to do. Every morning when you get up, find your iPad or your phone or whatever you play music on and turn on some worship music and play it and sing with it if you want to. But start your day every day with worship. Every, especially on Sunday mornings. Especially. Do you ever notice, mom and dad, how difficult it is to get the kids rounded up and ready for church on Sunday mornings? Nobody else has ever had that problem. Have you ever noticed that? Every other day of the week goes fine. But Sunday morning, the wheels fall off the wagon all of a sudden. Right? Start your day with worship. Start everything you do with worship. Make worship a regular part of your life. Then connect. Be intentional about connecting to the heart of God and to the hearts of people. Now, the way we're going to do that through, is, is through Freedom Ministry. I've already talked about that. We're going to talk more about that in the weeks and months to come. The way we do that through with people is in life groups. So write that down, or in study groups. Or you might do serving groups together. Now, I want to stop and say something about that. I understand that our culture will say we shouldn't do life together. And I understand how messy it is and how challenging it is and how difficult it is, this is to do at times. Do you, do you know that our culture has become so individualistic and so catered to uh, isolation and individualization that restaurants now are remodeling their spaces to accommodate individual people who are coming in to dine alone. That's happening all over our country right now. Uh, do you realize that travel, the travel industry is catering to people who are traveling by themselves now? People who are married, people who have families who still don't want to travel with their families or their spouse, they want to travel by themselves all around the world. It's a huge Shift and change in our culture that's accommodating 
isolation and individualization. That's what the world does. That's what happens in a world that's not a part of the kingdom of God. But life groups, doing life together is important and it's biblical and yeah, it's, it's challenging at times, but it's necessary. It's necessary for us to, to, to serve together, to love one another, to encourage one another, to pray for one another, to lift one another up, to be there for one another. It's important to connect. Uh, grow. We all need to be growing. We will start, we are starting equip classes in this spring. And we'll have uh, one of those classes that we'll do on Sunday mornings is, is called Alpha. If you're a new believer or if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, I want to encourage you to get into an Alpha class on Sunday morning. It's an eight-week class. It's an incredible class. Even if you've been a follower of Jesus for a long time, you may want to do an Alpha class. It's going to be helpful to, to reestablish your roots in the basics of the faith. So do an Alpha class. I encourage everybody to, to be a part of that if you haven't done that yet. If you're new, if you're just getting started, we have that in place for you. Um, we're going to, part of our equipped classes, we'll have classes for marriage. And by the way, we have a marriage seminar called the XO Conference coming in February. I think it's the uh, uh, thir- 12th and 13th of February. I want you to be here for that. We've invited Eastminster uh, Presbyterian Church. They'll be here. We're inviting some of the church plants we're helping to get started. They will be here. Uh, we'll want to fill this place up on Friday evening and Saturday morning in the EXO Conference. And let me tell you, friends, we all need help in our marriages. If you're married, you need help. Right? <laughs> Nobody wants to say amen to that, do you? But it's true. Kathy and I, we, we, we'll, we'll, we'll stand here, we'll tell you all day long. We've been married for 33 years, and we've recently been learning some things about the way we need to, some changes we need to make, some things we, ways we need to grow, some better ways we can communicate with one another. And it is incredible what it's helped, the ways it is helping our relationship. Now, I would say we have a great marriage, we have a great relationship, but we're still learning. So, I'm thinking, if we're still learning, probably, and we still need help, and we do, don't we, Kathy? You want to say amen? Amen. So, there you go. Now you can say it, too. We all need help with our marriages. We're going to do that. We're going we're to provide help for families, parenting, and so. Um, finances. Uh, we're going to do another um, Financial Peace University course starting this spring. Uh, this, this, this list of equipping classes goes on and on. Bible classes, just life in general. We're going to provide those. Take advantage of those classes when we offer them. On Sunday mornings and on Wednesday nights as they, as they come up this spring and throughout this year, uh, we have the resources to make, to, to make a, a really significant impact in your life. Serve is another characteristic of full devotion. We all need to be serving here at the Eastside East family. We need everybody in the game, and we need to be serving our community. So I think God has a ministry for all of us and a place for us to serve in our community. Maybe he may want you to help start a new church. He may want you to start a new ministry. He may want you to be a part of Hope Ranch for Women. He may want you to be a part of uh, 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 what World Impact is doing in, or what we're doing with Cristo Victoria. Oh, I don't know how he'll want you to serve in this community, 
But that's what we do. That's what, it's who we are. We're servants. And we take the kingdom and we expand the kingdom as we serve in our communities, in our families, in our churches, in our schools, in our workplaces, and so. We also want to give another characteristic of full devotion, uh, our time, our talent, and our treasure. I hope you're taking notes. <clears throat> Very important that we give, that we put God first in all these areas. And finally, that we yield to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. What I call, I call this will alignment. When my will is aligned with the will of God, I am yielded to his leadership in my life. When my will is going this way and God is going this way, I'm yielded to my will. And I'm going to experience the consequences of that. So we need to yield to the will of God. That's what this series, this next series starting next week is really going to be all about. That's our vision. That's our plan. That's what we're all about. And frankly, um, it may take more than just this next year to get all this done. What do you think? But this is what we need to give ourselves to so that we experience all the blessing and all the, all the, the grace and joy and all that God has for us. See, what really matters in this world, in this life, is the kingdom of God. And this is the kingdom of God at work in our midst. This is what God's called us. This is the vision God's called us to accomplish. And that's why I wanted to share it with you again on this first Sunday. A couple more things I wanted to share with you is, uh, I won't go into the details of this, but I think God is going to want us to expand some of what we're doing here a little bit. Uh, we, give, we give away a significant amount of uh, money and resources every year to our ministry partnerships and uh, we do a special offering for that I'll talk about that in a little bit the, the greatest gift offering and uh, this year I think leading into Easter we're going to need to add some classroom space we're going to need to do some things that will in, uh, continue to enhance our ability to train and develop people so uh, we need to do some things uh, around here in the next but, but, but we want to do it completely debt free we don't want to take on any debt for this so we'll do an, uh, an expand the kingdom offering uh, probably this spring sometime. We'll talk more about that later. I just want to let you know that's coming. Um, here's the deal. Two more things I'll share with you and then I'll, we'll, we'll close. <clears throat> um, this, this vision God has given us is an all-hands-on-deck thing. I was, Kathy and I, went back to Missouri like we always do at Christmas time and our parents are aging and so they started talking about our ancestors and where we've come from they, they dragged out a bunch of old uh, photo albums anybody had those experiences with your parents and one of the things that I noticed in one of the photo albums we looked at just a few days ago is a, a, a war ration book anybody know what that is? during World War II um, because, of, because our country was at war, um, it was everybody, everybody was a part of the war effort. Everybody, even grandmothers keeping their grandchildren so that their mommies could go to work in factories making ammunition to send 
or food or whatever it might be, supplies and so. And everybody, everybody rationed resources, and everybody was a part of the war effort. And every U.S. citizen was given a war ration book full of stamps. So if you went to the grocery store, you had to pull out, if you wanted to buy a bag of sugar, you had to pull out a stamp and hand it to the cash register person. And then you could pay for your bag of sugar. And that's all you got for that week. Same had to do with every other resource. They had stamps for tires and eggs and everything you bought at the store, you had to, you could only buy a certain amount. Nobody could hoard resources. Because everybody was a part of the war effort. Well, here's the deal. In the kingdom of God, it re, it's, it's, it's necessary for us to all be a part of the same effort. For us to be a, all be a part of the same goal, the same mission. As I said earlier, it's important for us to be one church. Because we have one enemy. The only way to defeat a one, our one enemy is to be one, united. I've said this before. Too often churches are a lot like the, the college bowl football games we've been watching the last few days. Too many churches look like a, a big football game where there are 22 people on the field in desperate need of, of rest 80,000 people in the stands in desperate need of exercise. Churches shouldn't look that way. Everybody needs to be on the field. That's why we have these resources in place for us to participate in. Because as we do this, we become leaders in our marriages and in our families and in our communities and in our churches. We're developing pastors and missionaries so that the mission of God and the kingdom of God will be, will be accomplished. One more thing I'm going to tell you about, and that is the, uh, the greatest gift offering every year. We've been doing this the last several years now, and I always announce the amount you've given first Sunday in January. Because you give throughout the month of December, typically. And um, so the amount that's been given so far in the greatest gift offering is $172,659.06. So. I, uh, what I was especially excited about as I looked at that, uh, that number yesterday and understood a little bit of the stats behind it is that Several more people participated this year in Greatest Gift Offering than we had last year, which is really exciting. And uh, the other thing I was excited about is because we changed our percentage, if you don't know what I'm talking about, Greatest Gift Offering is something we do every year. We send, last year we sent uh, 70% of that uh, away to our ministry partners. This year we're going to send 80%, which means that we'll send about the same amount of money to our ministry partners, almost to the penny, that will to our ministry partners about $140,000 will get given will will be given to our ministry partners uh, to expand the kingdom and I'm talking about places where they don't have any resources 
None. And uh, I've been, it was fun for me on New Year's Eve to start getting emails and texts from uh, our ministry partners around the world wishing us a happy new year, praying for us, thanking us for your generosity. So thank you to all of you who have given to the greatest gift offering and to the way, for the ways you are so generous um, with your lives and the resources God has entrusted to you. Our worship team is going to come and lead us in another worship song. Would you stand? And uh, again, I know today has been a different kind of message. Uh, it's been a vision message about what God's calling us and leading us to do and the ways he's provided for us to do it. We have all the resources in place, all the leadership, everything is in place to accomplish the vision God's called us to accomplish. I'm extremely excited about that. This is a time for you to come and pray if you'd like. Uh, come pray about anything or for anyone as we sing this last worship song and then I'll come back and pray our closing prayer. Let's worship.